I am delighted to have John from invoicefinance.news in the studio with me. Today, I would like to talk about ESG and the supply chain. Can you start by explaining what ESG is? Hello, Emma. ESG is a three-letter acronym that stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. It is a framework to scrutinise the performance of a corporate entity in three important areas. Environmental measures how environmentally friendly a company is. Social looks at workplace conditions, pay, training, diversity, as well as the impact on society a company's actions have. And governance refers to how a company promotes transparency and accountability in its activities. It also looks at diversity at board and management levels, as well as rooting out cronyism, nepotism and bribery. ESG criteria has been adopted by companies all over the world, large, medium and small, as well as by non-profit organisations, state-run organisations, charities and government administrations. It has been championed by the United Nations and is seen by many academics and think tanks as a key driver in dealing with climate change, promoting sustainability, as well as addressing systemic issues of wealth inequality, racism and protecting workers' rights. I see. And can you speak a little about supply chain finance? A supply chain is a complex web of mostly SMEs, small and medium-sized enterprises, that support manufacturing and the service economy, providing materials, parts, perishable goods, as well as logistics. In many ways, the supply chain is the glue that holds the economy together. The supply chain is vital to the functioning of a country's economy and is only noticed when it is disrupted, as has been the case in 2022. Disruption to supply chains, chains causes inflation, gaps on supermarket shelves and reduced public services. And how can ESG be applied to the supply chain? That is a key question. The problem is that supply chain companies are not big enough to fund initiatives that promote ESG values such as sustainability, diversity, transparency, etc. They could, for example, electrify their fleet of vehicles. They could source recycled materials. They could use renewable sources of energy. They could set up training programmes for their workforce. They could expand their HR departments to drive ESG-friendly changes to their companies. But they often lack the financial resources to do so. In this context, invoice finance can play its part. Already many investment funds, pension funds, factoring companies and banks have in place ESG goals and policies. They could provide financing at preferential rates for those supply chain companies serious about sustainability, protecting the environment and improving working conditions. Indeed, some of them already do. They could even make implementing ESG standards as a precondition to providing financing. In this way, economic pressure can be used to nudge supply chain companies into investing in greener and fairer practices. 
Another player is the large corporates that depend on the supply chain to run their businesses. They could reach out to their direct suppliers and their indirect suppliers to set up programs that share data, technology and ideas to drive ESG improvements. Those supply chain companies that participate could be rewarded with preferential rates for reverse factoring and other types of financing. These are good ideas, but I am hearing a lot of hypotheticals. Well, there's still much to be done, and there are many people still in denial about climate change, as well as people reluctant to make changes to workforce practices and governance structures. However, as I mentioned, many big investors already insist on ESG compliance. Moreover, the EU has passed directives that legislate for sustainability. In America, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, have proposed laws that would force companies to make climate-related financial disclosures. And of course, consumers are increasingly looking to spend their money on goods and services that are certified as environmentally friendly. People like Greta Thunberg have worked tirelessly to wake people up to the grim reality we find ourselves in. But you are essentially correct, Emma. Until global average temperatures are reduced to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels, there is much, much more that needs to be done. We have to turn possibilities and good ideas into reality. On that sober note, I would like to end. Thank you, as always, John.